Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and a devoted alcohol recovery coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Welcome, everybody. I have a very special person here, a dear friend of mine. Her name is Michelle Roy. She is a realtor in Denham Springs, Louisiana. She prides herself in helping homeowners through a smooth process in selling her client's home. She understands that her client's home are more than just a roof over their head. She takes joy in being a wife for seven years and a mother to seven outstanding children from ages 15 to 20. Her family is a product of divorce, yet would never know that two of those kids are not biologically hers. Motherhood is a true passion from the time of high school. She is a devoted follower of Jesus Christ and is active in her church, from helping in children's ministry to being one of the first faces you see as you are welcomed into the church. She also volunteers her time through leadership in several ministries for women and one of and one of the seven founders of the Talitha Ministries. She is a great friend and sister to all that meet her. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you, Gina, for having me. I'm excited. Yes, and I know we were talking a little bit. Uh, we were actually wondering, like, what should we talk about today? <laughs> and, you know, we were both strong believers in Jesus Christ, and we're definitely followers. And, you know, it's so funny that while I was reading your bio, I was like, wait, I worked in the children's ministry as well. And that's how I met my husband is because his son was in my Sunday uh, class. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is adorable. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I would love to hear your story and how your faith grew and grew more and more in loving Jesus. Um, well, it started, I was raised um, in church. I was raised in Catholic church. Um, my parents weren't religious about going, but we did go on a regular basis. Um, my family, I grew up with my grandparents, everything was faith-based. Um, there wasn't a moment, you know, that the Lord wasn't talked about. We prayed over our meals, like none of those things, parents praying with you before you go to bed. Like it was just a norm, um, a way of life that just, you know, was normal. So to think of it any other way would be abnormal, you know, for my, you know, my lifestyle and my bringing up. But as a um, teenager, oh gosh, probably around 14 years old, um, my parents were going through a separation. Um, and I had some friends at school that there was just something that their family had that my family was missing. And um, so they invited me to church with them. 
Um, so I went and stayed the night and my parents wouldn't mind. They didn't mind. Okay. It's a Saturday night. You know, you're going to miss church. And I'm like, but I'm going to church. You know, they didn't question. No big deal. Um, well, it was a Baptist church and that was totally new for me, like completely strange, but it felt like home. Um, there was a freedom there that I didn't grasp in the, you know, Catholic church. And it's not to, you know, make this religious or whatever, but for me and my spirit and what I needed, it wasn't getting filled at the church we were at. Um, so parents kind of struggled for a while or whatever. And, um, I just kept finding ways to go to this church without my parents realizing, cause I'm like, they're not going to let me go They're, You know, they're going to want me to stay in the Catholic faith and they're going to be disappointed. So just after a while, my dad noticed, he's like, look, something's different about you. And, um, he goes, I have a feeling it's because he, you know, he knew the family. He said that you're going to church with this family. He said, so, Instead of going with them this morning, he goes, how about we all go together? Mind blown, you know, because yes, my dad was adamant that the Catholic church was the way, you know, this is, you know, the best religion, not the only religion, but this is the best religion, you know, to have that relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, needless to say, we went that morning and my dad gave his life to the Lord. My parents, um, reconciled within, um, maybe a couple of months and my mom was divorcing me. She was gone. She was done. They tried counseling, everything. Um, but she that quick saw the change in me, saw it happening in my dad said, you know, I'll give it another try. Why not? And then she came to church, gave her life, my brother and sister right behind them. Um, so within golly, not even a six months time, um, my family's whole dynamic completely shifted. Um, then the changes, you know, yes, praying over our meals and doing all these things was still there, but there was a freedom with it. It wasn't no longer, you know, it, it was kind of a ritual before. And this time it, that started to change, um, going to church and being involved in church was important when before, you know, it was easy to miss church. My parents would wake up and not get up early or whatever. And so all those things began to change. Um, and at 18, I think it was around 18 is when I really was like, you know what? I 17, 18 years old. I remember just being with friends at our house, hanging out, having a bonfire. And I knew there was more to this life that the Lord had given me. Um, I had been, um, raped at the age of 16 by a friend. Um, so my faith kind of struggled through that. Um, you know, you're raised and it's not, you know, even sex and marriage isn't talked about in the church is a taboo, especially when we're growing up, it's getting better now. You know, those things are being talked about, but it wasn't talked about. So my idea of what sex looked like. I knew you weren't supposed to have it before marriage, mm-hmm. but then it, it, it just painted a picture that was not pretty and that I didn't see it as something, you know, it wasn't clean. It was dirty. It was 
all these ugly things. And so I didn't value myself, you know, as a um, daughter of the king, first of all, and um, my body. And I thought, you know, it's easier just to give because if I don't, they're probably going to take it anyway. Mm. Um, so I did. I, I just gave and it wasn't willingly. It was, you know, unwillingly, but that was the safest thing for me. So I mm -hmm. thought, but around that 17, 18 years old, the Lord told me that that is not my design mm. for sex. That's not my design. And I have something so much better for you. And he had me, you know, dive into Song of Solomon's, didn't understand it completely, but I'm like, oh my gosh, there is a love story, like a romantic, erotic love story in the Bible, in the word of God. Like what? <laughs> so it opened up a whole nother door in my life to say, you know what? God does have so much more that we are so much more and we are so much more worthy than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and that started a whole nother, you know, um, passion and desire and realizing that he saw me, you know, that he was the God that sees and that he heard my cries and, you know, um, and put, you know, that he spoke. And I think that was kind of one of the first times he really was tangible mm -hmm. to me. Um, I know there was small stuff, but that was the big moment that really shifted a change. Um, even friends I hadn't talked to in a long time were calling me saying, girl, what's going on? People are talking about you, you know? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What am I doing? And they're like, they're just saying, you're so on fire for the Lord. And um, so I did. And that was around the time that I was like, hey, you know, everybody's like, what do you want to do in school? What do you want to go to college for? And what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, everybody's telling you you need to go to college. And I was making college plans. But it's like, what I really want to do is I want to be a wife. I oh, want to be yeah. a mom. You know, so the whole thing, the very thing that stole my joy became my joy. Mm. Um, you know, and it reminds me of some of the stories in the Bible and one of the ministries, the Talitha ministry, we've been studying the women of God. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of stories, um, the women with the issue of blood, and then the woman with the alabaster box or alabaster jar. And um, God told them that their, they went, what they did, because they so seeked him in such a passionate and strong way like they they went against the crowd they pushed through a crowd they you know went to a house where here's the pharisees and sadducees having a meeting like these educated men nothing stopped these two ladies to be at the feet to meet with jesus because they knew that was all they had left mm -hmm. and he told them he told the woman with the issues of blood that go your faith has healed you He's told, you know, the woman who, you know, poured her oil and washed his dirty feet with her hair. Come on, girls. Yeah. Like, who does that? That is just insane to think to take. And that was a precious jewel for a woman that was mm -hmm. like in that time was so precious that it was hidden outside in public because it was so prized and she let that down washed his feet and he tells her the same thing that her faith go your faith has healed you but he also told her that you know 
you, he saw that she wasn't loved much. The things, the choices that she was making in life was based on how people treated her and the love she wasn't receiving. But he told her the very thing she would do was to love much. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like, that's what God told me. The very thing that I felt was stolen and robbed for me, he's telling me is going to be the thing that you know, I'm going to get back to you and it's going to be your passion. And, um, you know, so that was redemption. That was a time of redemption for me. And I just trust in that. And sure enough, my senior year, I met, um, this guy named Daniel. He didn't go to school with me. He went to actually school. That's like a rival school. Um, <laughs> I said, I would never date anybody from that school. You know how that goes. Never, right. say never. <laughs> um, we actually met at um workplace and um we started dating. It was not long afterwards we decided, hey, you know, let's get married. Let's just do it. Like what are we waiting for? What do we have to lose? And so we did. We got married at 19. Um, just shy of my 21st birthday, had our oldest son. Um, we were married for 10 years. We had five beautiful babies. Um, the youngest were twins. They were not planned by no means. (laughs) Um, Daniel had always said two and I'm through. That was his motto. And I was like, four, four is a good number. Um, but we did get three, um, two boys and a little, and a girl and the twins are girls. They were, like I said, they were not planned. I don't like to say they're an accident or anything like that. Cause far from that, because God had plans. Cause right. see, you got to be careful about how you pray because <laughs> before I got pregnant with the first one, I twins run in the family and the husband was saying two and we're through. So I'm like, Lord, just giving me my twins. I hear pregnancy's horrible, mm-hmm. you know, and then he'll have his two and we'll both be through, you know, and <laughs> one pregnancy and we're done. You know, um, the Lord probably told me and I didn't hear him. He said, okay, baby, you're going to get your twins. Just not when you expect it. And sure enough, <laughs> the moment, cause when you had, I had, um, a miscarriage in between, like mm-hmm. before the twins and stuff. So when you've had four pregnancies, you've been to the ultra, you've been there. These people know you by name. Um, they see you in the grocery store and they're like, Michelle, you know, cause you're popping out kids like, you know, the Pez candies or something. <laughs> and, um, as soon as that thing touched my stomach, Gina, I knew I saw the outlines of two heads would <laughs> die laughing. And I'm still thinking, but Lord, that's an odd number. Cause I like even numbers. Right. right. I don't know if anybody out there is like that, but that's why I was like four, four is an even number. It's a good number, but the Lord knew what he was doing. He knew, um, that he was going to give us those precious girls. And, uh, I don't know why he thought it was a good idea to give me so many girls. Boy, mom, I could do all the time. I love my (laughs) girls. I tell them all the time how much they're so precious to me in the relationships that I have with them. Um, but they're a different breed. (laughs) (laughs) We are definitely a different breed for sure. But, um, so yeah, it, you know, it wasn't too long. We had to move to Florida for his job and, uh, things were just kind of tough on him. And he went through some challenging things on his, on his own. We really had a good marriage. And I know he would tell you the same if you asked him. Um, I know that's some of the reasons why we still have a good friendship 
today, but he made a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that he couldn't forgive himself for. And um, that's his story to tell. But um, after being separated, we separated in 2008. um, And then 2011, I finally decided like, okay, you know, um, the Lord gave me peace. He said, Mm -hmm. just, you know, and I told him I wasn't going to divorce him until the Lord clearly told me um that's even though biblically I had every right to do it but I knew that just because the word of God says I can do it doesn't also necessarily mean that I should you know the word's living and it's alive and you know we have to apply it also you know to the situation and you know the things that we're you know in so you know, we have to be careful with that and not use it to our advantage, you know, because I could have ran with that and say, okay, be gone. I'm done with you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is what the Bible says. <laughs> um, and I didn't. And my parents disagreed. They said, nope, you got the out. You can do it. God's not going to be mad at you. And I'm like, it's not about that. Like I needed the peace, mm-hmm. you know, and his approval that this is what you want. And one night, um, I clearly heard him say, okay, you know, and he had given me a word um, while we were separated. He said, I will restore your family. And I'm like, we're getting back together. He's going to, you know, he's going to work a miracle in my marriage. He's going to come back and we're going to get counts. Like it's all going to be great. And in that moment, I didn't question. There was such a peace that just all the sorrow, all the heartache, all the things that we had been through those past, you know, two years were literally wiped away just in a moment. And I was able to call him the next morning and say, Hey, you still want that divorce? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, come over. Like we can sit on the couch and we sat on the couch and we were able to just come together and say, okay, this is what I want. This is what I, you know, and, um, within I think two months we were divorced, um, Mm -hmm. because being separated for so long, um, we had a friend who was an attorney and he wrote it up and we agreed on everything and we never had to go to court, never had to do anything like that. Um, so that was peaceful. The divorce and stuff wasn't the, I mean, the separation wasn't peaceful. It was hard. It was tough. Um, I'm not going to say that it was pretty at all. (laughs) It never is. It never is. Um, There's so much heartache. There's so much pain. Um, It can be so ugly. And especially when other people are hurting, sometimes hurting people, not sometimes, most of the time hurting people hurt people. Um, And that's what was happening, you know. Um, But the Lord just kept telling me to love, just to love. And it was the hardest thing to love somebody who was unlovable. Um, And I know that, well, he's, you know, has told me that because of that, that's why we have a relationship today. But, um, so my husband now, he's amazing. His name's Joseph. We call him Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's incredible. He's a polar opposite of my ex. My ex was a city (laughs) boy or is a city boy through and through. Can't fix nothing. Like I had my own toolkit. I was the one tightening the doorknobs when they were coming loose and, you know, any of those little, little things to fix around the house. And Mama like, MacGyver, huh? 
I, yes. And thankfully my dad taught me several things. Um, I even had to change a tire on my own car because my ex and a cop put the donut in wrong. Oh no. Yes. I'm like, how did they cop two men? <laughs> two men. <laughs> and so, yes. So poor thing. That's how bad. It, look, he, he would be, look, he knows we tell that story all the time. And he's like, I just, he goes, I just wasn't, his dad didn't teach him. And um, he goes, I'm the guy that is glad to give him my money to fix my stuff. <laughs> he goes, I work hard to pay somebody else so I don't have to work hard. Right. Um, so this guy, this husband I got now, he's incredible. He's the polar opposite. He is a country boy. Um, he's your typical, probably almost typical guy you would think about Louisiana. Um, you know, he's crawfish. <laughs> well, okay. So he's not big on crawfish only because he says that it's, it's too much to peel. Now he'll do a shrimp, boiled shrimp, oh but he's like crawfish. And I'm like, that's, that's the lines of divorce right there, <laughs> you know? Um, but that just means that's it's hilarious. more crawfish for me. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't love crawfish? I love that stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my you do. Yay. That is so, yeah. We just had Mardi Gras and all that oh, right. craziness. It just ended. So I had my last, our last slice of, um, Mardi Gras, um, and King cake and, yeah, so, um, which I have a daughter who can make a good king cake, so every now and then she'll do it, even the off-season. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, and our boudin, oh, my gosh, like, I could go on about our food here for sure, but he, <laughs> this one, he, for the most part, except for the crawfish, he is definitely um, a Louisiana boy through and through, and um, got some little redneck in him, and uh <laughs> So he's, he's amazing. He knows how to love hard and love much and uh, loves the Lord. Um, just it's, we met at church. Um, oh, nice. Yes. Funny story though. Uh, we had a mutual friend and it was cute because my sister-in-law at the time um, started coming to church with me because I had left the church previous not that my church family there didn't love me or anything like that. It was just going through the divorce. They just, it was a small church and they just didn't have the resources and the tools. They didn't know what to do with me. Not it like not being negative, but they just didn't know. And I knew that me and my kids had to go somewhere where, mm -hmm. you know, there was other people like us that we can relate to and learn from. And so we did, we found a church not too far from where I was living. And so my sister-in-law, she started coming with me and, um, she kept noticing this guy and, you know, <laughs> I started then noticing after she brings it to my attention and I'm like, well, you know what? He's confident enough to look at me and make eye contact with me, but why isn't he coming to talk to me? Right. <laughs> isn't it always like that? It's like, come on, just talk to and, me. <laughs> yes. I'm like, if you're confident, to not turn your head and to lock eyes with me and we just sit there in a gaze, then that's your confirmation. Like, okay, I'm welcoming you, you know, to come and talk yeah. with me. About your <laughs> eyelashes, like <laughs> wink, wink. Okay, I wasn't that confident, Gina. I was like, does this guy know I have five kids? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So a mutual friend 
found out through the sister-in-law that that was, she knew the guy we were talking about. We didn't know him. We hadn't met him yet. So she set up a moment for us to meet. And I'm not going to be lied to y'all when I say, because it was kind of a short notice, I wasn't prepared. I was literally had my hair in a bun, had messed with the kids. I was homeschooling at the time, just a hot mess express, no makeup, nothing. And we're at church on a Wednesday night. And she's like, yep, we're doing this. And I'm like, am I the only one that sees me? We are not doing this, you know, and they didn't listen. Um, so they trapped me and Alicia, my sister-in-laws were walking out with the kids from the nursery and they're standing at the door and, uh, they introduce us and he's like, okay, it's nice to meet you. And he's like, so which kids are yours? Like, oh, Poor child is thinking that these five kids walking with me and my sister-in-law are some hers, some mine. Ah! (laughs) Yes. Poor thing. Little did he know. And I'm thinking to myself, didn't they think that that would have been a very good conversation to have before (laughs) he introduced me? No. The other mutual friend, Mandy, thought, no, that would be a huge mistake because once he met me, he would he would be okay with the five kids. He's like, Michelle, you're amazing. But if I would have said she's got five kids, he would have ran. And I'm like, okay, good. Like, no, now I'm going to meet the guy and he's still going to run. You know, and um, yes, yeah, so it did. It terrified him. You could see the look of terror on his face. Um, you know, Mandy's like, oh my gosh, they're really great kids to go, though. And then the sister in law's like, you know, yes. And she, you know, homeschools them and, you know, and there's two of them, but there it's like one. And I'm like, I put a poster and say, you know, on my head, desperate mama five needs a man in her life. Like, you couldn't shine in neon lights, you know, going. And so today we laugh that um, it was the most hysterical moment. But in that moment, I can be very sarcastic. I know most people, when they first meet me, they would never, never, never in a million years think that I could be that way. So needless to say, the first time I met my husband, I was my in my most rudest, sarcastic state of mind that I could ever be. Um, they invited us to go get ice cream and, of course, set it in front of the kids. So we can't say no now. And the sister-in-law is like, I'll pay. Like, you're all dead. You're all dead to me. <laughs> this is going south fast. I just knew, like, I will never see this guy ever again. And y'all are trying to make something happen that's not going to happen. So, yes, I was sarcastic the whole night. Mandy and Joe had no clue. They're laughing, thinking I'm cracking jokes and being funny. And I see the sister-in-law. She is cutting eyes at me. If looks could kill, I was dead. Um, So sure enough, I got in the car and I got chewed out for sure on the way home. Um, But he didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Oh, you thought he he fell in love. He stayed around. (laughs) I guess he thought my sarcasm was humor and um I was like no no it I wasn't being funny I was being very ugly (laughs) you know and he's like oh I just couldn't see you being that way and so yeah he stuck around it took three years 
for us to get married. Uh, the longest engagement I had ever had in my life. Well, not engagement, but date someone. Once mm-hmm. we finally decided within two weeks we were married. But so it took a little while to get him completely there. But he just, you know, wanted to make sure that's what God wanted. And, you know, that it was a huge commitment. And like he said, he knew that their dad was involved, that, you know, Daniel financially and emotionally and physically was there for the kids. But he said that was also his job, you know, and that he couldn't depend on Daniel and that if he couldn't 100% also be there for me and my kids, then, you know, then he shouldn't marry me, you know, and it didn't matter. And it wasn't replacing their dad. It was just knowing that, you know, I can't 100% depend on that. And, um, gosh, that that was just when he shared that, that it just blew my mind. Like, you know, I never thought of it, you know, like that. He says, you're still my wife and they will still be my kids. And it's still 100% my responsibility. And, you know, um, so we've been married, April will be eight years. Um, so awesome. Yes. It's been fun. Uh, He was just telling me the other day how his first marriage only lasted five years and Mm -hmm. that this eight years is a big deal for him. It's a big deal. And, you know, it made my heart happy. You know, I'm not, me and my ex was 10 years, so I'm not there yet, but, but I am, if that makes sense, you know, that the marriage that me and Joe have, um, we're spiritually united. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't have that in the first marriage. Um, and does it mean that we don't have our trials and our tiffs and our little, you know, fights and all that kind of stuff? But there's definitely, um, you can tell there's a three chord strand in this marriage um, that I didn't have prior. And, you know, God has been so good. He's blessed us in so many ways. And it's just been, even in the hard times, it's been so much fun, so much joy. So the restoration that God spoke of me when we were separated, me and my ex, you know, it wasn't the restoration that I saw. It wasn't the restoration I had been praying for, but the Lord said I was going to use someone else to restore your family. Um, and he gave me a scripture, Joel, Joel 2, I think it's Joel 2, 24 or 25, somewhere around there where it talks about where the locust has stolen, mm-hmm. but God will um, come back and he will provide what, bring, give back what was stolen um, and even more so. And um, while I was separated, the Lord gave a lady, we would have, um, we had a single mom's ministry at our church was one mm-hmm. of the things why I was drawn to the church. We had, you know, um, divorce counseling, all these things that was free, um, and stuff. So there was a lot that our church was very involved in for, and they just really had a heart, heart for divorce moms. Our pastor mom was, went through divorce too, and was mm-hmm. a single mom. So that's why his heart was just after. So every holiday they would send the moms and into another part of the building to be prayed over and to, um, yes. And they would bless us with a gift card to help, you know, with whatever we needed. Sometimes they would give us a bag of food, you know, from a food pantry. And every single time there was three times that I went and got prayed over and every single time it was the same lady 
but she didn't know it, you know, cause she's praying over <laughs> a lot. Like it's right. a good sized church. So she's praying over several women and long story short, every time she prayed for me, she gave me the same vision. She said, there's a rainbow. I see a rainbow over you and there's a wheat field that goes on as far as the eye can see. Well, I knew what the rainbow meant. That was the promise God had given me that he's going to restore my family. Um, and, um, even though I hadn't even, well, at one time, part of the time I did had meet Joe, but we weren't serious. We were kind of, you know, dating, but it wasn't serious. But the two times prior, I hadn't even met him yet. Mm. And the wheat, I just could not put my finger on it. I'm like, what does the wheat stand for? And I went, me and Joe have been, I think we had finally got married by that time. So it had been almost four years that this vision had been given to me mm-hmm. before um, at this Bible study. I don't know why. The Lord's like, I want you to share your vision. And I'm like, that's just weird. I, I don't <laughs> want to share my vision. And I, this is my first time at this Bible study. I don't know any, because it's at another church. Just mm-hmm. went with a friend. Yeah, yeah like this is weird so I share my vision and one of the ladies goes I know what your weed is <laughs> and I'm like, knew. <laughs> those are those moments where you just drop the mic because you're like okay I you know that's when you're so thankful for those little moments that you listen and you're obedient even when it doesn't sound I mean, that was just weird. Like who wants to hear about my vision? Nobody wants to hear about my vision. Nobody wants to know. And, um, she said that your wheat field represents salvation. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So then I told her about the rainbow and she goes, oh my gosh, she goes, the restoration that's coming to your family is going to produce a harvest of salvation through your family. Like girl, like, (laughs) yes. Like she knew. I I lost it. Like, how do you take on? And then you're like, Lord, why me? Of all the people in the world, you know, but at the same time, you're humble mm-hmm. and you're honored that he does choose us, that he right. does have us marked, that he does have his fingerprint on us. You know, um, maybe you haven't gotten a vision. Maybe you don't know. And I don't know, have all the pieces still, even though I have that big thing, but he does. He's called us all by name. He's knit us all in our mother's womb. And to know that he does have something specific for us to fulfill, um, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. And why he chose to share that with me, you know, I don't know, but I, it brings joy to my heart to know that he is in pursuit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a God that will pursue us, even when we're not even pursuing him, you know, just come out of a season of dryness, mm-hmm. um, very, very dry season. Um, I was on this mountain high where, gosh, if I would think about God half the time, our song would come on or something and I would just wail in tearful joy, like joyful tears of how much God just loved me. I could just feel Mm. his arms around me and the love that he just had for me and my family. And there was times, many times I'd have the kids in the car and I'd have to pull over on the side of the road because I'm ugly crying. And my kids are like, mom, what's wrong? Go so much. And the poor (laughs) things are probably like traumatized because they're like a God that loves me that much. (laughs) 
yeah, it's why are you crying like some, like you just lost your best friend, (laughs) but you're telling me Jesus loves me, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, I know it doesn't make sense. And I'm not a big crier. So to see their mama cry and they're like, I'm surprised they didn't put me in the, you know, institute or something. I know. Like, what's wrong with, (laughs) you know? I know. (laughs) Yes. My mom's never done this before. This is new. But how I come from something like that. You know, and him just constantly spending time in his word and just him talking. And I guess you could say a good noisy season. And then literally that waterfall just stopped. Mm-hmm. No trickle, no nothing. And I'm like, okay, I knew this season was coming. Um, I thought I was prepared. But after a while, um, my kids struggle. Um, we actually have four kids Gosh, that, um, most of them are good now, but we had one right before the holidays, um, try to commit suicide a couple of times. Um, thankfully he came to his dad, told his dad and willingly put himself, um, in the hospital. Um, gosh. So another one she came before it got that bad and um you know we had we took measures for her and that had started right before my season of dryness and then it wasn't too long that two others you know started to struggle but because we saw the other two you know we caught the signs before the other two got that bad you know, um, gosh, our kids are in such a, uh, that's a whole nother story that I can get in the world that they live in today. But I know, you know, I struggled because here I am. I'm not in a season of overflow. You know, I'm in a season where I need to be poured in. Yet my kids needed me. They needed me to, you know, be that prayer warrior. And I didn't even know how anymore. You know, all I could do is say Jesus. That's all I had, right. you know, and I know that's all we need. We mm-hmm. don't need anything more than that. But as a mom, you know, not to be able to, you know, war for my children. Gosh, that, that took a toll on me Absolutely. big time. Um, I had to step away from ministry for a while and it wasn't hard. Um, that you know, I always thought that that would be, you know, a hard thing in my life, but, you know, in the ministries that I'm involved in, family comes first and, you know, they supported me, prayed with our family. They were there for us the whole time and still are to this day. And, you know, when our family got better, I was able to step back into things. And, but so in that dry season, was one of my most difficult parenting seasons of my life. And I still don't have all the answers, but towards the end of this year and really going into 2023, um, I was so dry. I always would ask the Lord for a word. And I don't know if other people, you know, pray and say, okay, Lord, what's my word going into this new year? What do you, you know, have for me? And I told him, I said, Lord, I don't want a word from you. You know, I'm not going to even pray for a word, not being ugly, but I'm like, I'm just so dry. I just, 
I just want you. That's all I want. I don't want anything fancy. I just need you. You know, I don't want what we had prior. I just, I just was pursuing him and I knew he was pursuing me. Um, but in my brokenness, gosh, it was just so hard to hear him so loud and clear yet in, in this season, not to hear him. Um, you know, my poor husband, it, it killed him seeing me go through this and he's like, man, you're our spiritual rock. And, you know, and so it was tough for him. Um, a couple of times I had some major, major meltdowns, like bad, so bad. And, oh, poor thing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how he stuck it through with me, but he did. And, but just this year, um, I, our church had a couple of re revive nights. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, I'm not putting, I'm not coming here with demands. I'm not coming here. Um, you know, I'm coming expecting, but I don't know what I'm expecting. You know, my heart, you know what I need. And, you know, a song, I can't think of the name of the song, but there's this song I just started listening to and, and worshiping into at the time. And it's just talking about how when I worship, I don't, if, if I hear you in the thunder, or if I feel you in the wind, like, will I recognize you no matter if I hear you or I don't, or if it's loud or if it's quiet, mm -hmm. like, I still want to see you. I still want to hear you. And that was my heart, like yeah. to be, to finally accept. I'm like, I want to accept this season, Lord. I don't want to be disappointed in this season any longer. I don't want to keep fighting this season. I want to be free in this season and whatever you're trying to teach me, I want to learn. And so I went to that revival to say, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm all yours. If I have to spend the rest of my life in this season to please you and to, for others to see you, then so be it. That's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I know that in that surrender of letting go of what I thought our relationship should look like, he met me there wow. um, in a powerful way, you know, again, yeah. you know, to know that, Again, he sees me. Um, the pastor was a speaker. He came and gave a word. Doesn't know me. Never met me. Um, I stayed after church with some friends. Um, because it was just so powerful. We prayed and we just had such a tangible moment in the Lord. And I ended up trying to leave and the speaker was there mm -hmm. and he kind of stepped in front of me. So I couldn't walk away. And I, and I told him, I said, you was a great message. Oh my gosh. And he says, can I share something with you? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know what you got, you know? And he said, um, you know, the whole time I was giving my message, there was a light that shone over you wow. the whole time. And he said, he goes, I kept saying, okay, Lord, I don't know what you have for her, but you have something for her. Wow. If nobody else, if you weren't here for anybody else, I know you're here for her. And he goes, and I had no idea. And he goes, and while I was giving the message, I just kept praying for you. And I was just like, are you kidding? Like, that's all he needed wow. to say to me. I was done. I, I was already ruined, but now I'm shaking. I'm like, now I'm, how am I supposed to drive home? Right. <laughs> Like I got to drive home, a 15 minute drive home at nine o'clock at night, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, he continued to talk and he said, and then I gave the message and the message or the invitation of, you know, if you're dry, you know, if you're needing, you're hungering and you're thirsty, but you need 
to meet him in a tangible way. If you're, you know, looking and, you know, it used to be this way and it's not, well, you know, raise your hand. And before you can finish the sentence, this girl right here is like, that's me. That <laughs> is like me. Right this is what I came from for. You read my book before I showed up and I knew it wasn't him. I knew it was all God. Yeah. And um, so he said, when you raised your hand, he goes, I just wanted to run off the stage because I just wanted to hoot and holler. He goes, I could have stopped right there. Because the one person, he goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And he goes, and you were open and you received. And um, you know how I was saying, just praying for my family and struggling with for those prayers. He says, you know, there was, he goes, you've been praying. Because you've been praying for your family. You've been warned for your family. He goes, and I want you to know that the wave is about to break. I'm like, the wave is about to break. What does that mean? So as soon as I got home, I'm searching. What does that mean? What does a wave breaking mean? And um, well, um, when the waves break, that's when they collapse. That's when they fall. Well, they they fall when there's either a reef or they're coming to the shoreline. And it's because the momentum, it's going to keep carrying that wave's going to grow, 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 and grow, and grow. But there's a breaking when the shoreline, it's the easiest explanation, that the wa- the shoreline begins to rise. Mm-hmm. So then it begins to lose its momentum and it just falls. Mm. And the Lord told me, he goes, he goes, your trials, your tribulations, the things you've been pr- praying for, those things in your life are finally meeting your prayers. Yeah. He it's like the shore, the waves meeting the shoreline. He goes, so the, they're they're breaking. And um, it wasn't days later. I don't have time to tell y'all story after story of where I saw the evidence of prayers. There's still many more to be answered, but to have several prayers that God just, right. it's incredible that you know, I never doubted that he was there, but I was just so desperate for, you know, for him to, you know, to talk to me again. And, um, gosh, you know, I wasn't even, even thinking about talking about any of this tonight. And it's so beautiful though. I love your testimony. Like it just shows like, you know, you've come from, you've come a long way and then dealing with a lot of family because your, your goal, when you said right out of high school, you want to have a family and family is number one. And just knowing that, you know, the Lord is looking over not you, but also yeah. your children is beautiful. Right. And you have the community in church where people are praying for you. They even know you before they even know you <laughs> or met you, I should say. And it's just so amazing how the Lord just, just delivers his promises to us absolutely you know and it's just there and the power of prayer like I'm telling you like and sometimes the Lord throws you curveballs you're praying for one thing and you're praying for this and then he'll throw you a curveball and you'll be like wait Lord wait wait I did pray for this but it wasn't exactly this but but you gave me something even better (laughs) right exactly exactly absolutely yes you know you think praying for restoration in your family and your marriage I'm not saying don't pray for that because God is not a God of divorce for sure but but divorce was better divorce because God there I have Joe now and like I said I'm not an advocate for divorce no means but 
you know, for my story, that's what was better for me and Daniel. And, you know, we have a great relationship. Um, We co-parent well together, but, you know, that was one of just what you said. It, that was a curveball. That was so like, no, like I was praying for restoration, like in this marriage, <laughs> you know, not for another marriage. I don't want to do another marriage. You know, I even pick with my husband. I'm like, the Lord's to take you home, especially anytime soon. I'm done. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing a number three. I'm just, and he's like, there's no way he is. No, he goes, uh-uh, I don't see that God can leave you alone. I said, I won't. It'd be me and God. We're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will not be alone. Trust me. Um, by That's no so means. But, yeah. I tell you a funny yes. story too. Like what happened with me, because you know, I have a similar story as, as you where I was married previously, but you know, the, the marriage wasn't going to work out because we're both addicts, you know, alcoholics, drinkers, partiers, and I didn't want to no longer live that lifestyle. And he did, and it just wasn't going to work out because I wanted to heal. So unfortunately we did have to divorce because I mean, I can't live that way anymore. The Lord had different plans for me. And during my recovery, I did get pregnant again. I did get pregnant. It wasn't from my husband. It was from a fling from like college, but then we kind of like, he was there during my sorrow times of the separation. And then like, are you, like you said, it's not an accident. It was a blessing. Not at all. (laughs) You know, so a little, little Peyton Bear comes along and then, you know, the father and I tried to like move in together. This is before I actually knew Christ, like really knew Christ. This is, uh, I guess I was always, I always had Jesus in my life in my head, there was Jesus, but I never followed (laughs) Jesus, you know? (laughs) And so those BC days, (laughs) right. (laughs) And then I, uh, I remember we were trying to live together and it just didn't work out because then I relapsed. And after, you know, I was, after I stopped nursing, I went back to drinking and then it was, it got to a really bad point where I said, okay, we have to separate. And I got really ill and I had to go to the hospital And I went to a faith-based hospital where I had a chaplain pray over me. I had the doctor look at me in the serious, made eye-to-eye contact. She's like, you must quit drinking or you're going to die within 10 years. And then all I can see was her necklace was this beautiful cross. And I'm like, is this the Lord trying (laughs) trying to, you know, send me a message or what's going on here? And yes, I remember that that was a time that at the hospital, I detox and everything that I was like, you know what? the Lord has plans for me. So here I was quit drinking. And then I wanted to give my life to the Lord. And I'm like, okay, I was going to church and doing this, but I really missed that family unit, you know, and I missed that. And then I was, I was thinking that, okay, well, maybe when I get better that, you know, my little son's father and I would then get back together. So every day, not every day, every Sunday, I would put in the prayer request, Lord, please, um, bring me a family, bring me a family. I and I was thinking like 10 years from now or whatever. I wasn't thinking like, okay, like next, like couple months. <laughs> it was a couple of months. Was, yes. It was in 2017. And then uh, in 2018, uh, I was just serving them children's ministry and just serving a lot of the church. And then yeah, 2019 comes along and sure enough, I hear, I was thinking I was in the back of my head, I was going to get back together with my son's father no sure enough little little Isaac's dad because we were serving the homeless and we were on different teams but I we had a conversation so I was like hey I, I know your son he he actually uh is in my Sunday class 
says, oh, you know Isaac? I said, yeah, I know Isaac. And so he adds me on Facebook like a, a week later. And then after that, then two weeks later, then he says, hey, you know, maybe we can go ahead and have the children, you know, since you have a son about the same age as mine, maybe we can go ahead and have them get together and we can just hang out. Well, they never got together. We actually had dinner instead. We shared each other's testimony and <laughs> like totally fell in love. And then I was like, I was, I was anti-guy. I was like, I'm dating Jesus only. I am not dating any guy. I'm focusing on myself. But that prayer, like I'm telling you, that prayer request of me writing family unit, family unit, family unit, he threw me a curveball. <laughs> and sure enough, yes. we got married and here we are. <laughs> That is so, that is, oh my gosh, that story is so cute. It is. It's like so close to mine because girl, I was there too. And I'm like, no, I don't need God. I got Jesus. You know, it's me and him, you know, I'm good. Um, So yes, I wasn't looking, you know, for anyone. And, but you know, I, I know that's when a lot of times God will give us the thing we desire. And there's times he gives us things we're desiring. We never even verbally you know, even pray or ask for it, but our spirit knows, you know, it knows what we desire. And, you know, if it's in line with the Lord, you know, it's going to happen. And, you know, it's just so beautiful to see that, you know, for you too, that here's this blind side and, you know, you're not expecting, you know, here's this kid you're keeping, not even noticing one day that he's going to be your son. Right. Because you're going to marry his dad. You know, how cute is that? You the know? funny thing, Michelle, like seriously, when I saw little Isaac's face, I'm like, oh my goodness, he reminds me of Peyton, my little Peyton. And I was like, oh, and you know, I didn't have little Peyton because, you know, here I was in recovery. His dad was mostly taking care of him and I was just focusing on my healing. And so I right. missed him. I didn't have him 100% of the time. And so it, whenever, every Sunday when I see him, remind me of Peyton. Sure enough, those those two are like this now when they, <laughs> when they come together every other weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. The Lord, he knows and he knows what's best for us. Gosh, even when, you know, you know, we don't think, yes, divorce is not what, you know, God is about and we can't make sense of why things happen and right. why things work out the way they work. There's no point in trying. Um, it's just trusting, you know, the things of the Lord and just knowing that even in these ugly things, something that's so ugly, that's something so beautiful, you know, God could take, you know, like your story, my story, you know, my ex, he was an addict and, um, yeah, yeah. So it, crazy. And, you know, so that's, you know, why I didn't know it. I didn't know he was, he mm -hmm. hid it from me for eight years until it came, you know, to the surface, even when we were dating, you know, so I, I had no clue. So, you know, um, it was living a double life for me, you know, I didn't recognize the man in front of me any longer. And, you know, so, it was like telling somebody that I was mourning a death of the man that I knew, the man mm. that I love, but I still had to physically see that man that I knew and that I loved, yeah. but he wasn't, his shell was there. Mm -hmm. But now the person that's before me, I don't know who it was. And mm -hmm. so it, it, that was, gosh, it was so hard. And, you know, a lot of healing is taking place. He finally, he got married again, probably a year and a half after we divorced. And, 
Um, she's wonderful. I love her to death. She's a really good friend. She's definitely a godsend, um, you know, to my children, to me, to him, even. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, yeah, I'd probably kill him by now if it wasn't for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and probably vice versa. He probably did kill me if it wasn't for her. But um, she she's our rock for sure. But, you know, he finally even you know because he even was hiding it from her Mm. um and I didn't know the extent of it that's not my marriage that's you know not my place and I didn't know that you know the extent like I said and um when it finally came to surface he finally came out and a lot was exposed that was probably maybe I think four or five years ago it wasn't Mm. that long ago when the whole truth came out and um that was a very hard thing, but mm-hmm. at the same time, beautiful for him to truly, and, you know, um, coming through the, you know, sobriety and all that, all the things that you had to do and to sit before those you love and be honest from the moment that we met till today, right. the deceitfulness and the things that he had to come forth and share to walk through this healing for himself. Gosh, it was hard for me, mm-hmm. you know, to hear more, you know, um, of what happened in our marriage that I had no, like no clue. I thought I knew, you know, I thought he was most, I knew he wasn't completely forthcoming because, you know, Mm -hmm. most people aren't, but, um, yeah, that was a difficult time, but I see now the fruit in his marriage, the fruit in our relationship of him actually getting the help, proper help, really, truly seeking help. And like you said, like it, this was faith-based. It was a total different thing for him that opened up many doors and changed not just now his family um, that he's got now, he's, you know, has a daughter with that, that wife and they've been married. Um, I think they just made, I think it's 10 years or something, just made 10 years, I think, or it might be 11 years now, but anyway, and you know, it's, it was, it was, it's just beautiful to see what, how God, you know, so when he gave me that restore my family, I knew that it wasn't going to be just for me, mm-hmm. like it meant Daniel and his wife, it meant. And so I'm seeing that, I'm you know, seeing it even in my husband's ex and her husband. And, you know, I told, you know, my brothers and my sisters and my parents, like I, I'm claiming it for, you know, all of our family. And, um, it's just, it's just beautiful. Like you said, just to see the things that we can only imagine what God is doing. And it's so much better. His idea, you know, he, I know he laughs at us when we think, Oh God, this is what you're doing. And he's like, yes, sweetheart. Sure. Go ahead and think what you want, but no, that's far from what I have for you. Far from my, because I never thought I'd be in a woman's ministry and in several of them because, Men and women didn't always get along. <laughs> really? It's hard to believe. Oh my gosh. You're so friendly. Yes. <laughs> I know. Women were, no, I got along with the guys better. Strangely oh. enough. But um, no, yeah. But, you know, the Lord did healing there too. And here I am. I'm in two women's ministry and one of them, you know, I'm a founder of. And so God does. He has a sense of humor. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, you know, he 
He does. And he, and he does, he knocks us off our feet. He throws us curveballs. He throws us and points us in directions we never thought imaginable. And, you know, I know the promises he gave me standing on those promises have been, you know, my rock have been the foundation to keep pushing through. Even in that season of dryness, there was a, you know, while that I forgot all those promises because, you know, the weight of the world is so heavy when your children are suffering there's nothing more painful to watch your children suffer. And when you can't help your kids and they're dealing with something mentally, it's not something physically that I could put a bandaid on. It's not, you know, grades that can send them to get tutoring. You know, it's not, it's nothing like that. And it's a mental battle. And the only thing you have is prayer. The only thing you have is the Lord, but your season is, you know, dry and it's, um, you know, um, uh, oh gosh, you know, it, but knowing that he has, he's got promises and whatever he's promised you to trust that, to stand on that promise. If you've forgotten, ask the Lord to remind you, mm-hmm. he will, he'll remind you, let him remind you of what he's told you pr- previously. Cause God doesn't start something. He's not going to fin- finish. Scripture tells us that right, it tells right. us that he will finish what he has started. And you know, so stand on that, find a couple of those scriptures and just stand on that and let that be your, you know, your light, let it be the, you know, the thing one foot in front of the other, um, Mm -hmm. you know, take it moment by moment and just trust that the Lord, he is there for you. He sees you, he hears you. Um, he, your faith Mm -hmm. will heal you. Your faith will heal you. Um, and it did for me. I didn't think it ever would, but I know that the season I'm walking into this year in 2023 is going to be way better than any season I could ever imagine you, cause you know, when God does something, he's always going to do it better than the last. And absolutely. Amen to that. Oh my goodness, Michelle, you're such a beautiful woman. Oh, I want to give you a hug. Why do you have to live all the way to Louisiana to go visit? <laughs> I'm here in California. <laughs> Girl, because we got good food. <laughs> I know. I need to come visit you sometime and yes. uh, celebrate uh, and just say, you know what? I'll take my husband with me and be like, let's go on a nice trip and let's go to Louisiana, eat some good crawfish and shrimp. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're, we're now walking into the crawfish season, girl. Just now, it's um, oh, the yeah. weather was 80 something degrees today. What? It's like 40 degrees over here. We're in California. It's cold. <laughs> Not here, girl. Oh. I think we are the very short spring weather we have. We are like, it's happening. The flowers are blooming. Like our, it's so confusing. Our weather is so it Everything. It's bipolar. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. Everything is like opposite. Normally California is really warm. And then over there is really cold. And it's just, it's all weird. Yes. <laughs> well thank you so much can you share with our audience if they want to learn more about you and your ministries or even real estate if you're over in louisiana and you're selling your if you're selling your home or wanting to buy a home where they can find you absolutely um yes i would love um even if it's not for real estate if it's just to connect if it's just to you know um 
ask questions, you know, have a, there's nothing more powerful than a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. That's what the ministries I'm involved in. It's about community, women, community, and women empowering women in the Lord and iron sharpens iron. So um, I can't have enough friends. I have a huge, you know, community of sisters and the more, the better, the more, the better, but you can find me, um, on Facebook, Michelle um, DePlessis Roy. You can find me there. Instagram, same thing. You can find me. Um, you can also find me um, if you want to send me an email. It's Michelle at anchorsouthre.com. That will, if real estate, anything. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can, you know, even on the podcast, put, you know, my details out there. But yes, um, wow. I would love to connect. Facebook, whatever that looks like for you. Um, pray with you. Um, you know, if you want to share your story, if there's, you know, a connection, yeah, just don't, don't wait, don't hesitate. You know, um, the Lord's pursuing, the Lord is chasing and just be open. If he's nipping at you and you feel the urge to reach out, don't hesitate. Don't wait. That's so sweet. Thank you so much, Michelle. If you are loving what you're hearing and want to learn more information, please click on the links in the show notes. And if it aligns with you, leave a five-star review with a nice comment.